Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series on the book of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Prayer is Talking to Daddy, preached on July 6, 1997. Matthew 5, 5 through 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer is talking to daddy. Prayer is talking to daddy. Jesus taught his disciples, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of God. He taught them saying, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. The Pharisees gave to charity to be seen and praised by men. They fasted sometimes twice a week to be seen and praised by men. They prayed in the synagogues and in the street corners and also in the temple to be seen and praised by men. Jesus here wants us not to be like the hypocrites. We ought to do righteousness. We ought to give to the poor. We ought to exercise self-discipline by fasting. And we are to pray. These acts of righteousness, when done before God our Heavenly Father, are acts of righteousness. The highest act of righteousness is prayer. It is the most sublime human activity. Of piety. It is the greatest privilege of a child of God. I said prayer is talking and also listening to God, our Heavenly Father, talking and listening to our Daddy in heaven. Now we are told that Jesus prayed. Prayer was an activity in which Jesus thrived. He maintained an unbroken communion with God his Father while on earth. Except 
on the cross when he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is only in that prayer he did not use the word Abba, Daddy, because he became sin for us. Jesus prayed regularly. Mark tells us very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That was his daily habit. To him prayer was not drudgery or mere duty. To him prayer was talking and listening to his daddy in heaven. To him prayer was delightful communion. Prayer was invigorating and refreshing to him. Sometimes he prayed all night without any sleep at all. His disciples were fascinated by his prayer. Once when he finished his prayer, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he taught them to pray. He taught them as God's dear children to talk to their daddy in heaven. He gave them the privilege of addressing this transcendent awesome God. Addressing him as Abba. Daddy. You know in Israel when a child is weaned. He or she calls father Abba and mother Ima. Abba or daddy is the term a child uses in the family to refer to his father. It is a term of endearment. Let me ask you, do we find prayer boring? A drudgery? Then we should question whether we are children of the heavenly father. Let me tell you, prayer is for children only. Prayer is talking and listening to our Heavenly Father. Prayer is holy communion. It is the communion of the Spirit. It is the edifying and invigorating and energizing activity. Let's look at the hypocrite's prayer. A hypocrite cannot pray to the Heavenly Father. He's an actor. He seeks praise from people. He wants a reputation for his piety. He may pray long prayers in the synagogues and on the street corners. But he never prays to the Heavenly Father. He cannot. Because he is not a child of God. That's why Jesus said your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes of the law to enter into the kingdom of God, which means they cannot enter into the kingdom of God. They are not the children of the heavenly father. A hypocrite never trusts in Jesus Christ. And without trusting Jesus Christ, one cannot become a child of the heavenly father. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, 
to the Father. And no man comes to the Father except through him. So true prayer to God our Heavenly Father is exclusively the privilege accorded to a Christian who trusted in Jesus Christ. A Christian who has been adopted into the family of God. A Christian to whom this mighty privilege is given by Jesus Christ to call this transcendent, all-glorious, all-wise, all-sovereign, almighty God by this term Abba. No other person prays truly. In this world, of course, multitude of people pray daily at set times. People all of a sudden, when the time comes, they are praying to be seen by everybody. How pious a person he is. But let me tell you, yet they do not pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven, and there is no other God. Pharisees, the hypocrites may pray long prayers. But let me tell you, they pray to themselves. They pray to be heard and applauded by men. Their prayers originate from lips and not from hearts. And they are absolutely oblivious to the infinite eternal sovereign God. The only thing that they are conscious of is themselves. They are self-righteous and self-sufficient. They have no need. There are also Christians who love to parade their piety of prayer publicly before men. They are like the Laodiceans concerning whom Jesus said few words in the book of Revelation chapter 3. And beginning with verse 15. I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm. Neither hot nor cold. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth. And do not need a thing. They had no need. Yet I'm sure they came to the church and they prayed. And it was certainly pharisaical prayer, hypocritical prayer. They were self-sufficient. They had no need at all. So though they prayed, they did not pray truly. Also pagans, they pray too. Travel to various countries of the world. The city of Beijing in China. Oh yes, there is religious freedom in China. As long as you do not worship the God of the Bible. And most churches in this country will be very happy to live in China. And worship God because they do not worship the true and the living God. The God of the Holy Scriptures. The triune God, Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. There are many in China who are praying daily. Pagans pray. Their prayer is called here in the text babbling. Vain repetitions. Pagans believe their God can be won over by a lot of words of meaningless nonsense. They try to impress their God with bulk of prayers. 
Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18 and you get a little flavor of the prayer of pagans. 1 Kings 18. And you know the story. We want to settle the question, who is the real God? If Yahweh is the true God, serve him. And if Baal is the real God, serve him. And there is a test. It's a sacrifice. And the sacrifice must be consumed by fire from on high. And the pagans were given the first opportunity to demonstrate Baal is God. And so prophets of Baal assembled it in this place. Now let's read from verse 25. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. They called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Oh, Baal, answer us. And you could hear it again and again and again. This is the vain repetition. Oh, Baal, answer us. They shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he's a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears. As was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed. And they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Morning till evening. Babbling. Multitude of prayers. Bulk. No God came. And that is the prayer of the pagans. And even in the New Testament you find pagans pray. In the book of Acts chapter 19. In Ephesus this happened. Acts 19 and verse 34. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison. These are pagans. Shouted in unison for about two hours. And look at the babbling. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The many-breasted marble statue. Two hours of babbling. Let me say to you pagans, pray a lot, hoping to impress their God, to wrest favors from them. All such prayers of the hypocrites and pagans are useless waste of energy. They love to pray. They pray standing and prostrating and sitting and kneeling. They pray at 
at various times in the morning, at noon, in the evening, and in the middle of the night. It is just waste. Christians, they pray. Let's look at Christians' prayer. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to address God, this transcendent God, as our Father in heaven. This proves that prayer is the privilege of the children of God. And one cannot be a child of God without dealing with the issue of sin. Be holy because I am holy. God does not hear the prayers of sinners. It's impossible. Sin is a serious issue. In the Greek language, there are five words used to refer to sin. First word is hamartia. Missing the mark. The target of righteousness. They have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They missed the mark. They missed the target. The second word is parabasis. They're stepping across God's boundary. That is sin. Trespass. The third word is paraptoma. They're slipping across, Barclay says. The other is stepping across. This is a slippage. Slipping across the boundary. Fourth word is anomia. Anomia means I know what is right, but I deliberately choose to do that which is evil. Lawlessness. The final word is ophelema means failure to pay the debt of righteousness. Ophelema means debts. Be all God. Obedience. Every day we owe him obedience. He created us. And to him we must render obedience in all things. But we have failed to render him obedience. The psalmist says in 66th Psalm and verse 18, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Have you ever wondered why God didn't listen to your prayers? This may be a reason. Let me tell you, God is angry with sinners daily, the scripture says. Sin problem must be solved before one can pray. Sin separates man from a holy God. So God sent his son to reconcile man to the father by the removal of sin from us. For this purpose God sent his son. Christ came to die for our sins and was raised for our justification. So let us read the book of Hebrews chapter 10. And let me read beginning with verse 19. Therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. That's a lot of confidence. Most holy place. Where did you get that confidence? We got the confidence through Jesus Christ who justified us, who solved our sin problem. Therefore, we can enter the most holy place with confidence. To enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Notice that by the blood of Jesus. Because it is the blood of Jesus that solved our problem of sin. 
by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. That's wonderful, isn't it? No man can pray. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And sin separates you from a holy transcendent God. But God himself planned the salvation. Sent his own son. To die because of our sins. And he died. And everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ and in the work he has done on the cross. His sins have been taken away once and for all. Justified freely by his grace. And is given access to the father who dwells in the most holy place. That's what prayer is. There's confidence. There's boldness. Well, let's turn to the book of Ephesians. And there you read this, chapter 2 and verse 18. For through him, that is through Jesus Christ, we both have access to the Father, Jew and Gentile. We both have access to the Father by one spirit. So we come to the Father through Jesus Christ by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Or oh, turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. You see, that issue must be settled. God is angry. But it is now settled. The anger of God is turned away. As we trusted in the sacrifice of propitiation, Sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore since we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. God. We stand in the very presence of God. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit. Placed us in the very presence of God. And this God we discover he loves us. And First John chapter 1 verse 9 it says if you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Qualifying us to come into the very presence of God. And enjoy communion. Talk to him and he'll talk to you. Hallelujah. Uh, let's turn to 1 John. To such people this promise is given. Those who trusted in Christ. Those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. This promise is given. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. Dear friends. If our hearts do not condemn us. We have confidence before God. And receive from him Anything we ask because, because, what is it? Because we obey his commands, do and do what pleases him. No wonder people don't pray. 
No wonder people don't pray. In order to pray effectively, we have to obey him and we have to live to please him and him alone. And then we will come to his glorious presence with a good conscience and we will speak to him and he'll speak to us. That's invigorating. That's edifying. That's encouraging. That is life indeed. This is holy communion. Or 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 tells us this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hallelujah. He hears us. Sin problem is dealt with through Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into God's family. God has become our heavenly father. And we are given this mighty privilege to address him as Abba. Hallelujah. Our daddy in heaven. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6 and see what St. Paul is telling us. Because you are sons, I tell you, it is the privilege of the children of God to pray. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out what? Abba, Father. We are sons. And prayer is the privilege of sons. And we come and we pray to our Father. In heaven. He is our father. Now and forever. He is our father. The father who loves us. And delights in us. And Psalm 133 and verse 13 says this. As a father has compassion on his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Compassion. Full of compassion. For us. Because we are his children. Most people of the world cannot claim him to be their father. Only those who trust in Jesus Christ can claim him to be their father. Those who reject Jesus Christ still belong to their father, the devil. The Bible says, Jesus didn't believe in this idea of the fatherhood of everybody. God is the creator of all but the father of only those who trusted in his son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, you belong to your father. Those who hated him. Those who refused to believe in him. Those who were bent on destroying him. He said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. Oh, we must consider it a very high privilege. To have God as our heavenly father in Jesus Christ. If you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Based on his death on the cross for your sins. Then God has become your heavenly father. And St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. He is the father of mercies and God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our troubles. Isn't that wonderful? Father of mercies. Lord of all comfort. He understands our situation. He comforts us even now in all our troubles. 
By faith you look and you will see God the Father comforting you. He is the Father of great love, we are told. John says in 1 John 3, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called the children of God. How great it is. Look at the cross. See how God did not spare his own son. But gave him up for us all. There is love. Unmeasurable. And beyond all comprehension. It's an exclamation. How great is the love the father has lavished on us. Love without measure. Hallelujah. And we sang last night, I suppose, His love surrounds us like what? Like a sea. Hallelujah. His love surrounds us like a sea. This is great love indeed. For whom? For miserable and wretched sinners like us. And so... Let us pray. So Jesus teaches us to pray. Come. Call on God as your heavenly father. Come away from all distractions of the world. From all its noises. Come away. And Isaiah says in Isaiah 26 verse 20. Go my people. Enter your rooms. And shut the doors behind you. Hide your souls for a little while. Until his wrath has passed away. God's judgment is falling all around us. But his people are safe and secure from all alarms. Come on. Come into the room. Shut the door. Hallelujah. Be safe and secure from all alarms. That's what he's saying. Or oh, turn with me to Second Kings. Where this idea of entering to the room and... and Closing is stated. Remember the story of Elisha raising a dead boy. Turn to Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 32. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Oh, it's wonderful. Hallelujah. Shut the door. And now you are conscious of God and God alone. You forget about others. You forget about you. You are conscious of God and his presence and you talk to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So come away, children of God. Enter your rooms. Close the door. Shut the world out and pour out your heart. Unlike a Pharisee or a pagan, pour out your heart to your heavenly Father who is in heaven. Yes, he is our Father. He loves us. He is immanent. He is with us, but also he is Father in heaven, we have to keep that in mind. That he's a transcendent holy God. We need to have proper balance. We must understand this is our Father in heaven, the infinite God. This God who is spirit, this God who is a person, 
of infinite intelligence, mind, will, and affection. This God who is transcendent, inf of infinite majesty and glory, omniscient God, omnipresent God, almighty God, sovereign ruler of the universe, all holy God, all wise God, God who is truth, God of mercies, God who pardons our sins in Christ, this God who is just, this God who loved us before the creation of the world. He loves us with everlasting love. This God who knows all about you. Including your needs. This God who counts all your hairs. This God without whom a sparrow cannot fall to the ground. He bids you to come. He bids you to pray. He promises to hear your prayers. He will meet you and meet your needs. He guarantees it. Come to his presence. Talk to him. Let him embrace you, caress you, strengthen you, encourage you, protect you, provide for you, grant you wisdom and guidance. He hears in secret because God is spirit and he will reward you. He said so. Hallelujah. That's the basis of prayer. You promised it. Oh God, do it. Hallelujah. Come to his presence with confidence and with holy reverence. And you shall go out with joy. He shall never drive you away. He will receive you and reward you. He guarantees that he will meet your need. He knows your need. Already. Even before you pray to him in secret. But he requires us to pray and exercise our faith in him as his dear children. Coming to him in prayer is loving him. All your needs he will meet. Spiritual and material. Listen to St. Paul who says, and my God. He says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Why did he say that? Because he proved that truth in his own life. He proved that his God supplied all his needs. In fact, his God just supplied his need. And so now he says, and my God will supply all your needs, beginning with spiritual and ending with material. All your needs. You see, isn't that interesting? All your needs. And the proportion is according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Would you turn to your Bible and let me read Psalm 34. Yeah, let me read to you the first 10 verses. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And now he gives you the reason for all this excitement. What is it? I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack in no good thing. Hypocrites and pagans are excluded from his presence. But his children are always welcome. Hallelujah. He receives us. He blesses us. Blessed be his glorious name. Hallelujah. Now my question to you now is. You cannot pray. Unless you are a child of God. And I urge you. If you are not. A Christian, because only Christians' prayer is heard. Oh, this is a, a shocking thing in the pluralistic society. But I don't particularly worry about that because that is the truth. God, the true God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, does not hear the prayers of sinners. And let me again tell you there is no way to get to Him except through the way. Who is Jesus Christ. And if you have never. Bowed your head. And bent your knees. To Jesus Christ. You must do so. Then you will learn. Something more than praying to your belly button. Then you will learn. What it means to pray to the infinite. All glorious. All sovereign. God of the universe. Who alone is able to help you. In all your troubles. And maybe you claim to be a Christian. But it may be you've been living a life of hypocrisy. Even though you heard the truth. So many times. This morning I warn you. In the name of Jesus Christ. That you better tremble. Before this God. And put away. All our phoniness. And the hypocrisy. And our so-called strengths. And this pretension. Like the Laodiceans. That we have need of what? Nothing. Let me tell you. Such people never pray. Even when they pray. They don't pray. And I pray. Today. That we will learn to pray. Hallelujah. Pray to our God who guarantees to hear our prayers. Hallelujah. And meet our every need. Every need. And let me tell you, our greatest need is spiritual. Our greatest need is for a revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's our greatest need. And if you never trusted in Christ... I urge you to trust in Jesus Christ today. And if you are a Christian hypocrite who pretends you have everything, a warning is sent. May God help us.
to tremble before him, humble before him, bow down before him, and kiss the son. Hallelujah. And when we kiss the son, we are accepted by the father. Hallelujah. And he says, go ahead and pray. Hallelujah. May the spirit of the living God fall upon all of us. And melt away the hardness of our hearts. And that we may cry out to God. Oh God, have mercy upon me a sinner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us. Not to be a hypocrite. Not to be a pagan. But to become a child of God. Oh, you made the way possible through your son Jesus Christ. We trust in your son Jesus Christ. We believe that Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. We believe that he alone is the sovereign Lord of the universe. Everything else is false and nonsense. And we also believe that he is coming again. Hallelujah. To deal with every rebel who failed to kiss his feet will experience the pressure of his feet. Have mercy upon us, O God. We trust in you. Hallelujah. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the new and living way that is opened up for us through the body of Jesus Christ that we could come to the most holy place with confidence. God loves us. God hears us. God forgives all our sins. God meets our every need. 